You can be seated. My thought this morning is this. Avenging your disobedience. Avenging your disobedience. Now, I would venture to say that that title may have caused somebody to think in their mind what disobedience. Me? I'm not a disobedient person. And I am not, this morning, it's not my intent to try and to reflect upon the disobedience of your past somewhere. But my intent is to try and to rewind the tape of time back beyond your first act of disobedience to expose the core nucleus of disobedience. When I use and had, have chosen the word avenge, I, just so we understand the difference of the word avenge from revenge, because they're very closely connected, but yet they have a different meaning. Avenge means this, to punish a wrong with the idea of seeing justice done. To punish a wrong with the idea of seeing justice done. Biblical references to the word justice means to make right. To make right. The word revenge is harsher and less concerned with judgment, but rather more about afflicting harm to somebody or something. So there you have the difference. and Hopefully you see, understand, that there is a difference in those two words. Avenge, seeking justice, seeking to make something right. I was reading and I was studying for this and I came across a quote from in an article by a gentleman named Stephen Freeman who said, Few things make a modern person more uncomfortable than the topic of obedience. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. Few things make a modern person more uncomfortable than the topic of obedience. I would submit to you this morning that the breakdown of our social uh, 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 makeup as a country, as even as a world, amen, is the result of disobedience. Also, Red came across an article, interestingly enough, that was written uh, by an individual in the Ohio State University Department of Social Sciences, Arts, and Humanities. The article is entitled, The Role of Obedience in Society. And the author stated that obedience is a part of the foundation of society. 
Without obedience, naught would exist but chaos and anarchy. And I think, and, and this, this article was written in 2011, and here we are seven years down the road, and I think we can probably all of us here this morning connect with that statement. The accusation, if an accusation is leveled against you or somebody of being disobedient, there is a nature within that person or within ourselves that we begin, there's something that will begin to rise up within us and we will begin to take a defensive posture. Or we will begin to search our mind and begin to try and to craft a justification why we have been disobedient if we know that we have been caught. And to do so, really, if you stop and think about it, it just amounts to just that individual is trying to paper over taking responsibility or, taking, or making an admonition that they have been disobedient or to deny that there is a problem in their life. Can I tell you this morning that I believe that disobedience is woven into the very nature of mankind and that it is a part of the, man, the human race's DNA. It's just the way it is. Somebody might be saying, well, I'm a good person. I'm not going to dispute that. We all should try to be a good person. You might say, well, I, I, I was not a, a bad child. I was a good child. I never caused my parents problems growing up. I, I was that obedient child. I never stole. I never cheated. I just did not do the things that, uh, that, that a disobedient child might do. Amen. But can I kind of just maybe take you back down memory lane and say there was probably a time if we could talk to your parents that they told you don't touch that and when their head turned that little finger reached out to touch whatever it was they were forbidden to touch. I've seen adults I've seen adults walk by, do not touch, wet paint sign. And the finger goes to the painted surface. It's wet. They had to check it out. There was a driving motivation down deep inside their human psyche that said, I've got to touch that. I've got to try that out for myself. And, and I, I, as I was thinking and studying for this this morning, and I thought about that very scenario, and I realized that uh, uh, and my story 
is that uh, being, and most of you have already heard me talk about how that I was raised in the church and I knew, uh, oh, I, I, I had sat under so many messages, so many preached messages and many times uh, conviction pierced into my heart, into my soul, uh, but I resisted because there was something down deep within me. Uh, when I look back, uh, it, was a, it was that uh, uh, DNA that, uh, of mankind uh, that was saying, I've got to go out and check some things out. I've got to just try some things out for myself. Uh, yes, it was an act of disobedience. But there was something within me that drove me. I've got to go. I've got to try it for myself. I've got to check it out. And there is a thread of disobedience that is woven into the very fabric of the nature, of our nature, to resist instruction, to resist authority. I despise the bumper stickers that I drive around and I see that says resist authority question authority hey friend, hey man I don't want to have that disobedient spirit that rises up within me that just says I've got to question everything I've got to just I can't submit myself to authority because that was never the plan of God amen what you do in your secular living, if you're not careful, can bleed over into your spiritual living. You're letting your secular living have rule over your spiritual living, and it needs to be the other way around. If you've, got to, if you've taken power and authority over your human nature, it will show in your secular living. So if you've got a bumper sticker on your car that says, Question Authority... You better go out after church and peel that bad boy off. <laughs> Amen. I don't believe it's any bumper sticker that a, a, a Christian person should have on their vehicle. Amen. I'm just going to say it. Amen. I don't like what some people in authority do. But I just go with it. Sin, I believe, can be defined as disobedience. Go back to the birthplace of sin. Back in the garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve was not created pre-programmed. But Adam and Eve was created with the ability to make a choice for themselves. And a choice was made. You know the story if you know your Bible. A choice was made that they eat of the forbidden fruit. All because Satan came onto the scene. And he began to have a conversation with Eve. And he began to entice her through his subtle words. And basically summarizing what he was really saying and the seed that he was planting into the mind and he was enticing Eve with was that you, 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 God said you cannot eat of that tree. Well, in so many words, what he responded with was that you have no freedom. You, you, because 
If you listen to what God said and if you listen at his prohibition, ah, ah, you just don't have no freedom. Your eyes, if if you'll just take of the fruit that is the prohibited fruit, if you'll just eat of it, I'm going to tell you, your eyes are going to be opened. And you're going to be as God's and you're going to see things and you're going to know things. That's why God, he wants to keep you hemmed in. He does not want you to be as he is and understand things as he understands things. And so he's just got you in a corner and he's just got you all boxed in. And when she reached beyond the boundary of safety that offered real freedom to exercise her free choice, it's like the mouse that he is, he comes upon the mouse trap that you have set. He sees the cheese that is there on that little, uh, that little flip lever. And he looks at it and he eyeballs it. And he's sniffing. That little round pointed nose is up in the air. And he's sniffing and he is trying to determine, should I do it or should I not? Should I do it? What is it? Does it smell good? Does it look good? I think I'll go for it. And Eve was there. She was in a moment of decision. Satan was convinced, trying to convince her that you have no freedom if you listen to God. You have no choice, a uh, 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 free choice and free will if you listen to God. And finally, that, that enticing word that was spoken to her uh, finally drives her to reach outside of the boundary of safety and the jaws of that trap came slamming shut on Eve, Adam and Eve at that point and as after that point they were forever banished they forever were put out of the garden of Eden, they also recognized to themselves that we are naked, we are unclothed and real freedom that they were, had experienced was now lost forever Now we have a problem child because disobedience had been born. Disobedience had been born. In that fateful moment, disobedience there in the garden set off a chain reaction of sin. If that choice had not been made, I remember Jody Wilson preaching a revival when I was just a young seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere along there. And I remember him preaching about Adam and Eve and him making the statement that if Adam and Eve had not eaten of the forbidden fruit, there would be no sin in the world. And I remember saying, to my mother, I wished Eve would have left that fruit alone. <laughs> A fateful decision birthed disobedience that set off 
the chain reaction of sin. If the choice had not been made, there would be no need for policemen. There would be no need for courts. There would be no need for judges, lawyers, prisons, and the list could probably go on. But James, here it is. I can summarize it with what James wrote and said. And I'm reading from, quoting from the Amplified Version. And he said this, Then when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has its course, it gives birth to death. Amen. Amen. I came across this quote that the author's unknown, but it's profound. Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And the cost, it will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. See, the problem is this, and the problem was written in the, in the book of Proverbs that says, there is a way that seems right unto man. And that's the problem in our society today, because everybody wants to do what feels right. I'll do what feels right. I'll determine my salvation based on if it makes me feel good. If it feels right. Did you go to the book? Did you read out of the scripture? Did you read the instruction for salvation out of this book? No, it just feels right what I did. And Proverbs says there is a way that seems right unto man but the end there are the ways of death I know C.S. Lewis is probably a name to some of you who see quotes regarding uh, Christianity and while he was not an apostolic believer uh, he was uh, a lay theologian in the church of England and uh, he apparently uh, lived by Christian principles. He said this, he said, when he became a Christian, he did not ask himself what he believed. Rather, he asked, what does a Christian believe? In other words, he wasn't looking to his inner self to determine what he needed to do to be a Christian. But he began to look at principles, Christian principles, to begin to pattern his life after and to determine how he should live his life. Obedience is not based upon doing what you think is right. Obedience is compliance. Whether you're talking about 
the laws in, that governs uh, driving, obedient driving. It's not based on what you think. Now, I know some of you live by that, and some of you drive that way. But obedient driving, it's not based on what seems right. Because somewhere down the line, that's going to get you a citation. And somewhere down the road, you're going to pay for that thinking. But it's based upon the motor vehicle laws of your state or the state that you're driving in. Obedient to paying taxes. The IRS does not acknowledge the excuse that you did what seemed right. But paying your taxes is based upon the IRS tax code. Obedient to civil law, it's not what seems right, but it's based upon laws that are passed by your elected and appointed officials. Obedience to the plan of salvation. It cannot be by what seems right. But it's got to be by the very commandments of God. Amen. It's got to be by his written word that we have in this holy book. The commandments of God, the commandment that he spoke to Nicodemus, you must be born of the water and the spirit or you cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. Somewhere you've got to avenge your atomic nature. You've got to make an altar of repentance. You've got to go to the waters of baptism to be born of the water and to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost to be born of the spirit if you want to see the kingdom of God. God. Anything less is disobedience to the word of God. Amen. Willpower. And there are some of us that have a strong willpower. But I'm going to tell you this morning, your willpower will not get the job done. You have got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You have got to be spirit-filled. Amen. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus told the disciples, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? Because when you receive that power of the Holy Ghost, it's going to put an ability in you to do what's right. It's going to give you a strength and a willpower to live according to the Word of God. God. That word power. Power. Amen. It'll transform your life. It'll change how you live. It'll change how you think. It'll change how you perceive things and, 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 and receive things into your mind and into your heart. I find it ironic that the Greek word for power is dynamus. And so can anybody draw the connection? Dynamite. Power. Dynamus. I was just somewhat amused that even Merriam-Webster says this, defines 
dynamis in this terms. The state of that which is not yet fully realized. Power, potentiality, contrasted with energia. Energy. Energy. You shall receive power. You shall receive energy. Energy to what? Amen. Energy to overcome. Energy to submit yourself and to surrender to the word of God. Amen. Energy to live according to the calling of God. Energy to surrender, submit to the commandments that we read in this book. Amen. Your flesh won't do it. Your human nature will resist. Your human nature will be disobedient. Paul said that we are in the Spirit if the Spirit of God dwells in you. You need the Holy Ghost. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost that you can live in the Spirit, that you can walk in the Spirit. Paul also goes on and he says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill uh, uh, the lust of your flesh. Amen. It's overcoming power. Amen. If you just leave it to your human nature, it's going to be a drag on you. It's going to be a pull on you. You you may in your spirit want to go the direction that God is calling you, but when that human nature is controlled, it pulls. It begins to drag upon you, trying to pull you the other direction. That's why you need to submit yourself to an altar repentance, to water baptism in Jesus' name, that you and be filled with the Spirit of God to give you an overcoming power in your life. Amen. Obedience to the call of God to holiness and righteousness cannot be based upon what feels right and seems right. But it's God to be based in order for it to be right, it's got to be based upon the Word of God. Hebrews 12 and 14 calls us to follow peace and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And he admonishes us, instructs us to not to touch the unclean thing. And he says, if you don't touch the unclean thing, I will receive you. Amen. It's not based upon what this human mind might conjure up and think. Think, uh, that uh, that is the right thing to do, uh, but it's what this book speaks into your life. Amen. Amen. Obedience in spiritual or in marital terms means to be faithful. And I would submit to you this morning that obedience in spiritual terms means to be faithful. All throughout the Old Testament, God called Israel to walk in His statutes. Israel, walk within my statutes. Keep 
my commandments, Israel. And when you get into the New Testament, we read in John 14, Jesus says the words, if you love me, he says to his disciples, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, amen. That right there is the litmus test, uh, amen, to whether or not you love God. God. Amen. If you love God, you say you love God. Oh, I love God. Okay, let's just do the litmus test. If you really love God, are you living according to His Word? Amen. Are you living according to His commandments that He has spoken? Amen. That's going to really tell. That's really going to determine where your heart is, really. Verse 21. A few verses later, He says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Amen. If you love me, be obedient to my commandments, is what Jesus was saying. And so there is this DNA, as I like to say, this human nature that pulls us towards disobedience when it comes to the Word of God. When the preached word goes forth and there is a spirit of conviction that is amongst the congregation, there will always be that person that is in their mind that is being drawn to the altar. Before they even make the first step, there is that pull, there is that drag that says, not today, you don't need to do it now. You don't need to respond this moment. Do it another day. Do it another time. Do it later in life somewhere. Just go on and live your life the way that you want to live your life. And everything will be all right. And the Spirit is saying, come, 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 come. Be filled with the Spirit. Come, come, come. And there is a war that is going on. Because there is that tug of disobedience that was birthed back there in the Garden of Eden. No, you're not a bad person. No, I am not saying that you are a bad person. I'm just trying to illustrate to you this morning that what you are feeling and what wars in your soul and what wars in your spirit is what you can trace it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And it's not anything that you've got to just somehow feel heavy laden with guilt, but you just need to understand that there is a right response and there is the wrong response and the right response is to answer the call of God and to find that place of repentance to submit yourself in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and to be filled with the spirit to give you the overcoming power to live according to his calling if the music would come Jonah disobeyed commandment of God in his life 
when, he's, when God spoke and said, Jonah, head to Nineveh. I want you to go preach a revival. And Jonah says, uh-uh. Not me. Ain't happening. You know the story. He went, ran the opposite direction, disobeyed God, boarded a ship that he thought would take him in the opposite direction. Storm came, and Jonah realized he had made a bad decision. And he could have tried to paper it over. He could have tried to just somehow get lost in the corner of the ship somewhere and say, I'll just try to ride this bad one out. But he didn't do that. He realized, I made a bad mistake. If you shrugged off the call of God in your life, up to this point yeah it's a mistake but there's a way out of it so Jonah he may end up he say hey guys it's me it's all my fault he said just throw me over Jonah was avenging his disobedience. Sometimes to avenge your disobedience, it's going to require an act of humility, the act of humbling yourself at an altar of repentance, surrendering your heart, your life before God, and letting God know I'm ready to do it your way, Lord. Jesus said this to his disciples as he was teaching them, instructing them. He said, if you want to be my disciple, he said, you've got to take up your cross. You've got to follow me. That was a call to an absolute, unconditional surrender. If you're going to go with me, guys, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to take up your cross. In other words, you've got to crucify yourself. You've got to crucify your flesh. You've got to put your flesh, your human nature on the altar, avenging your disobedience, avenging the disobedience of this human nature and take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's going to mean laying aside your ways for His ways. Laying aside your preconceived ideas and acknowledging your cross is where you can avenge your disobedience. I wonder if we could stand. (laughs) 
I in no way intend to come across this morning with a message that you would receive as judgmental, condemnation. That is not the intent. But what I hope I have done is to illuminate to you that some of your decisions that may have been disobedient can be traced all the way back to when sin was born in the hearts of humanity. And that this is a place today where you can make a change. You can change the course of direction in your life here this morning. We're talking about a destiny that could forever change the destiny of your family's lives. It can happen right here this morning. You might be thinking, well, I'm really, I'm, I'm Holy Ghost filled and, and I've been baptized in Jesus' name and I don't really think I've been disobedient. Did you hear the voice of God calling you to prayer this week but you said later? Did the Word call you to a time of reading the Word? And you said maybe later. Maybe you passed somebody walking through the aisle of the grocery store and the Holy Ghost said, talk to that person. And you thought, well, I don't know if I should. Oh, I've been there. I've done it. I just want us just before we open this altar, I want us just to pray. I want you just to just right now, just 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 talk to the Lord and just I don't know where you're at. You know where you're at and you know what's happened this week and you you know what what God has been speaking to you and and just have a little conversation right now. Just Let's just prepare the way here before we come around this altar and just, just get real and, and maybe just begin to open your heart. Surrender. I've got to make a change. God, I've got to make a change. I, I, I'm being pulled in the wrong direction. And I've been going along with it and I've I've allowed my human nature to cheat me out of what you want to do in my life. And I've not been able to go where you want to take me, oh God. And I'm going to acknowledge that this morning. I'm going to to confess it before you, Lord. I've not... You've been calling me to a higher level in you, Lord. And and I've just ignored it. And I've just allowed my flesh to cheat me out of that calling, Lord. Oh, come on. Is anybody there? Is anybody there? Anybody been there? Amen. Has God been talking to you in those terms this week? Hallelujah.
opening up this altar this morning. And if the Holy Ghost is talking to you today, I'm asking you to step out and come down to this altar. What's your answer? Come on. Don't be, don't, don't, don't commit another act of disobedience this morning. Oh God. Oh God. I surrender this morning. I surrender this morning. I submit to you, God. I'm going to surrender to your calling, Lord Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. Cry out to him this morning. Let him hear your voice. The voice of submission. The voice of surrenderance. Unconditional. Oh God. Unreserving. I give myself to you. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God.
I worship you. I praise you. Thank you for your spirit that has spoken to us today through the word. I pray that it would go deep into our hearts and bring forth much fruit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that message, Brother Ham. Obedience. I think uh, of our nation. On one hand, we proclaim very loudly that we're patriotic and we want to see the right thing done. It seems the dichotomy is on the left hand, we want to proclaim our independence individually but if you're going to ever have anything unified you've got to be in obedience and agreement together if you ever how many's ever been a part of the military any branch of service anyone in here several individuals and I applaud their service thank you but when you join any branch of service you submit yourself to that individual branch, to the commander, to the captain, to the lieutenant, to the sergeant, to the corporal, and yourself. Your ideals and your thoughts and your processes all become subservient because you're a part of now of something that's unified. You become obedient. Amen. When you come into the kingdom of God, you become obedient. You say, I'm an individual, I have my own thoughts, I have my own ideas. And what about abuse of power? Well, there is a possibility of that. I think of our great late president, Abraham Lincoln. He was elected as president and he proclaimed the proclamation emancipation to set the slaves free. But it was only after his re-election that he introduced the 13th Amendment, outlawing forever slavery someone accused him of being a dictator and he said I, I know I've taken war powers I have taken things that maybe other presidents didn't have to take but I submitted to the people in their election and they elected me back again as president and I am introducing the 13th amendment he said so I'm not a dictator the people have spoken amen and sure, there is abuse of power in everything, but I believe that we look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He's only done every one of us good. He's none, never done me evil. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands one more time. Let's praise Him and give Him thanks. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we praise You. Lord, we magnify Your name. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit, Lord, as You've spoken to us through Your Word. Through the word of prophecy, we thank you, God, for your miracle power. You've changed our hearts. You've made us new. You've made us a new creation. Lord, I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life, in my family. Thank you for your blessings. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet right now? We're going to dismiss in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for watching over us, for keeping your hand upon us this day, God, for the word that has gone forth. I pray that it would lodge deep in our hearts and bring forth much fruit. Everybody say much fruit, Lord. I want to be obedient to the voice of the Lord, to hear your word, God, and to fall in line and say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do in Jesus' name. God bless you. Dismissed in the name of the Lord. We'll see you this evening at 530 for prayer, 6 o'clock for service.